Hi you guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Silver Model Podcast. Okay, I am in an abandoned shopping mall again. I had some trouble finding a place to record where I wouldn't be bothered too much. Um, this place looks pretty good, so we'll give it a try here and see how it goes. Every once in a while people walk through here, but it's not too bad. Okay, so uh, the subject of this podcast is traps, how to make them and how to fake them. So to start with, in the uh, previous podcast, we covered what a game is. And you know the epistemology of a game, the components of it. You also learned the basics of interpersonal conflict. You learned different areas or departments where you may have conflicts that you can look at or investigate. Maybe you had blind spots before, and uh, now you can see those and delineate those. And you were also given five modes that are typically used when resolving conflicts. So that if there's an area of negotiation there, or of getting a better deal there, then uh, you have five different channels or options available to you. In the next podcast, we talked about striking. And you know that you have some striking power and some ability to hit, but we gave you 23 questions there to review your tradecraft with. So now we are going to move on to the subject of traps. And when you think about traps, maybe you're thinking about animals or things like that. And sure enough, there's six different types of traps for animals. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to run through these six real fast with you just before we start. The first one is a foothold trap. And this is a trap that catches the animal by the foot or the ankle, like a bear trap. The second one is a bobby grip trap that you set with bait and you usually place it in walkways. That way when the animal pauses to eat, um, it grabs the animal by the body. The third type of trap is what's called a deadfall trap. And that is such a primitive trap. What you do is you take a heavy rock and you prop it up with a stick. And you put some food down on the ground next to the stick. And then you're supposed to go run over and hide in the bushes and wait for an animal to come along and start eating on the food. And then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to pull the stick out from under the rock with a string, and then the rock is supposed to fall down on top of the animal. So that now you have something to eat. And um, it's important to remember when setting these types of traps that the rock needs to weigh five times as much as the animal that you're trying to catch. Otherwise, it won't work. OK, number four, snares. Snares are catch. Snares catch animals by the neck. Uh, number five is a pit. That's where you dig a hole in the ground and cover it with uh, leaves and sticks and things like that so that the animal falls through into a cage or a hole in the ground. And the last kind is glue. That's where you apply glue to uh, boards, cardboard, and things like that so that bugs and things like that get stuck to the cardboard. All right just covered those for your own education. 
I doubt you're going to find any application of those in your gaming, but hey, who knows? You know, you could be a real, a real creative genius and come up with something that nobody's ever thought of before. All right, pick a game. Get a game in mind. It could be basketball, it could be Call of Duty, it could be hunting, whatever it is. And then we're going to run through about uh, 16 questions or so. And I'm going to try to stimulate your thinking and open up some areas for exploration. Okay? All right, number one Is your target spread out? Um, like when you play baseball, do you have different targets on different bases? And if so, then the strategy there is to you want to run them around or you want to get them off bases. Number two, are they central? Are they um, concentrated in one area? Like when you play chess, maybe the king, maybe they've castled and the king is in the corner. And uh, what you want to do in a case like that is you want to surround them or you want to figure out how you can crush them. Number three, are they camouflaged? If they're camouflaged and you can't see them, then you want to look for ways that you can smoke them out or bait them out. Number four, if you were going to be trapped, who do you think would most likely want to trap you? And why? What do you have that somebody else would want? What can you do that somebody else might not want you to do? Number five, when fishing, lures are often used. What kind of bait do you use in-game, and how can you improve upon it? Let me give you some examples of bait. Number one is the obvious one, food, but there's also mating calls. There are also sales leaflets or advertisements on TV. There is cleavage. Um, some women might wear a low-cut blouse or show their legs. Um, sometimes you could appear vulnerable, and that might draw your target out. Appearing friendly or appearing to be on their side or a teammate, and also appearing to be wealthy might also be a good lure to trap your target with. So take a look at those and see if you can come up with any creative applications for yourself. Number six, when fishing, nets are often used. How could you construct a net for your game? Can you surround your game? What kind of tech or people would you need in order to do so? Now, if you put your pen down already and say there's no way I could construct a net, let me tell you that nets are not impossible. Think about it. How does a cult work? Like, not the occult, but like a religious cult, a quasi-religious cult. What happens is they slowly draw you in and they begin to envelop you. They restrict old friends who you can associate with they might start to change your clothing or your diet. They might limit your new relationships to members of the organization. Let me give you another example. How about government agencies? What if 
government agencies that appear to be different were really the same? What if the DEA, the FBI, the CIA, the police, internal affairs, the Department of Justice, the Sheriff's Office, the federal courts, the county courts, were all the same agency? What if they were all controlled by the same agency? Wouldn't that effectively make them all the same? Wouldn't you find yourself trapped in a net? Now, I'm not saying that that's the case, but it's a good example of a possibility. So take a look at those and see if you can use those examples. Okay, number seven. Do you need more people to help you? Could you hire friends to throw a surprise party and stall someone? Could you get friends or the community to stop a person on false or mistaken information? Could you walk right up to your target if you were wearing a costume? Number eight, blackmail. Do you have a card to play if your target doesn't acquiesce? Does someone have one on you? Do you have a favor or a debt that you can call in? Number nine, in baseball, you trap with a pickle. You know, that's when the uh, runner gets stuck between two bases and the defenders are, have each occupied a base and he's stuck between running for one or the other. Could you make in-game errand running expensive or of greater distance? Can you trigger the need to resupply or to refuel and then catch them in a pickle? Number 10, the double bind in linguistics. This is an example of using language for trapping. So for example, a salesperson might say, would you like to buy the red or the blue? Or did you want to purchase the three-year warranty or the one-year warranty? Both of those questions presuppose that you're going to buy. What you're doing is you're controlling the options linguistically. So experiment with that and see if you can use it. Number 11, basketball. In basketball, traps are usually set by blocking the lane or path to the basket. Also by doubling up defenders on their strongest opponent or the one with the ball. How can you block your target's path? What errands does your target habitually run? Can you assign defenders to their VIP? Or like in football, could you call a blitz suddenly and have your entire team suddenly attack a single component or a single target or a single market or a single area? Number 12, in basketball, running the clock out is another strategy. If you possess the ball in a small lead, hanging on to the ball instead of expending the energy for a play, which is risky, um, it may be advantageous to stall. Think about it. How can you use this? Well, the first thing that you would want to look at is what kind of consumables does your game run on? What kind of fuel does the game run on? Does it run on time? Uh, 
does it run on some type of energy? How does your opponent score a point? So it could be money, like when you're gambling at the tables in Vegas. It could be stamina, like when you're boxing. Remember we gave you the example of Muhammad Ali in one of the earlier podcasts about how he would outlast his opponents using stamina and then he would begin to strike them mercilessly. Could be oxygen, like when you're diving. Could be food, like when you're a triathlete. Some other examples would be things like sleep, educational level, time, salary, and so on. If you can't find a consumable that's used in-game, look for something that's set uh, to an automatic or like something that's automated. Okay, number 13. In chess, traps are set by pins, restricting mobility, elimination of powerful pieces and forks. So think about it. How can you restrict mobility? Well, you can restrict mobility by limiting their money. You can restrict mobility or power by limiting information available to them. And you can restrict mobility by limiting options available to them. Look for unique situations, uh, idiosyncrasies to the game you have in mind. All right, number 14. In chess, when you pin, it keeps a defender stuck in a defensive position of the king or of their prize or whatever asset that they're guarding. How can you use this? How can you keep an opponent guarding or spending to protect an asset against his will? Can you threaten to sabotage an asset if it's left unguarded? Number 15. There's also the elimination of powerful pieces, which makes capturing the remaining pieces easier. How can you isolate, draw out, bait, turn, or trap the most powerful obstacles to your prize? Number 16. If sales is your game, do you think you would have a better chance if your client spent more time with you? If so, have you ever considered showing them a video or getting them to watch TV? How about something to eat? How about assigning two attractive females to the client? Would that make a difference? Number 17, controlling options. There's two different ways to control options, and we're going to cover the first one. The first one is what is called a syndicate. This is like a convenience store chain that's everywhere. It's something that has a ubiquitous presence. Uh, your presence includes other options. How can you use that? Should you make satellite offices? Could you advertise on TV and newspapers and the internet simultaneously? Could you take every employee that you have and put them on a different street corner all over town selling your product on the same day? Could you put flyers on multiple places? 
Could you give an enemy the impression that there are more of you than he expects by having all of your team crowding him unexpectedly? Okay, number two under this category is the monopoly. How can you be the sole provider of your product? How can you put competitors out of business? How can you scare other guys away from the date that you want? How can you limit source materials for the manufacturer of the product that you sell? How can you accumulate or take all of the powerful weapons when you're playing Call of Duty? Can you take the best for yourself and leave the second best for your competitor to eat or marry or sell or play with? Can you get distributors to slap their own label on a product that you manufacture? Okay, that's going to do it just about for our questions in this subject material. We're going to start wrapping it up now. Um, I'm going to give you a few ideas on how to detect a trap, and this is just for your own safety. Um, number one, you want to keep an eye out for campaigns against you to discredit you. If it looks like people are trying to gather information or intelligence, if you're being stopped, that's something to pay attention to. If you're asking people for help and you're getting stalled, that's something to pay attention to. If you're asking for help or for information and you're getting disinformation or lies, that's something that you want to pay attention to. Okay. Another example is a trade deficit. What is a trade deficit? That means there's an asymmetry instead of a one-to-one -one ratio. So the question is, how are you being treated? By the boss or by the government or by various brokers? And I'm going to pause this for just a second. Okay, we're back. All right, so what you want to do is you want to take a look at demands. Who gets to make demands for privileges? Does that leave things at a one-to-one -one ratio with you or for you? Why or why not? Are you trapped or exploited by the disparity? Okay, now I'm going to give you an example of a sociological... Um, of a sociological disparity or trade deficit. And one of the things that comes to mind are large organizations in society that are occupying things like police stations or courts. So you could take like the Muslims that occupy the courts and the police stations, um, like Islam, or you could take white supremacists in another country that have infiltrated police and courts and things like that. So in that type of a situation, say where you have Caucasians who are not prosecuting Caucasians, ask yourself, why is that? And you may say, well, because it, they don't go to jail, obviously. But there's a lot more to it than just that. Um, number one, it leaves more players on the field for themselves. Number two, Cheats and gains go unpunished. Remember that a cheater is not a winner, but a cheater does gain. So when looking at cost-benefit ratios, they're making gains 
but without the cost of acquisition. Number three, opponents lose assets. The assets that you had taken or stolen from you are gone with no compensation. So um, I'm going to put a PDF together, and I think in the PDF I listed six reasons total. And the PDF will be available on the website at sobrumano.com forward slash stratagem. And in one of the previous podcasts, I listed um, the seven different logical levels on a Batesonian strike. That is that Gregory Bates was a linguist who was looking at violations in linguistics. For example, if, if I made a statement like, I probably shouldn't be talking to you right now, or I probably shouldn't say this, but that would be called a logical level of violation because on the verbal level, I'm saying one thing, but on the behavior level, I'm saying something else that's contradictory. That's what a logical level of violation means. And what I've done is I've listed those uh, seven logical levels for you and what you want to do is you want to correlate the six reasons um, for that type of sociological discrimination and correlate them back to the list of logical levels under Gregory Bateson or under a Batesonian strike. It's a real eye-opener to discover that when um, a Muslim will not prosecute a Muslim or whoever, I mean, it, you could be talking about the Italian Mafia, you could be talking about any, any large organization or any organization, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. It's not simply that the guy didn't go to prison or go to jail. There are multiple benefits happening on multiple logical levels or on multiple planes that I think will be a real eye-opener for you. So take a look at that and um, know that there are people out there who profit from failing institutions, and there are people out there who intentionally trigger their failure um, by way of collusion. That's called disaster capitalism. And those are some of the different types of traps that you can find yourself in. And that's just something to pay attention to. Okay, so that's it for this podcast. I hope that you have had fun. We're running at about 22 minutes and 40 seconds for you. As always, your support is appreciated very, very much. So if you want to reciprocate, um, please go to sovrumano.com forward slash reciprocation. And uh, what I've listed there is one or two ways that you can help. You can take one or two dollars out of your wallet. You can wrap it up in a piece of paper and you can mail it to me. Um, I have t-shirts for sale at the website. And... Um, I think we have coffee mugs and some other things available, but um, if you want to reciprocate, that's very, very much needed, and um, it helps pay for the channel and things like that. I hope you're learning some things, and uh, we'll have another podcast up for you soon, and I wish you guys luck out there in your gaming. Have a great day. Bye-bye.